Welcome to 15 to Life, the podcast that talks about life after life in prison. Come with us on a journey and explore stories from within the prison walls to outside the prison walls. All of these podcasts are dedicated to the victims of crime. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to the podcast, 15 Alive, the podcast where we talk about life after having a life sentence in prison. I'm your host, Tito. Let's go ahead and jump into this. So 2020 is behind us, but not really. 2021 is upon us. Feels no different. Um, I've said this before. If you're waiting on New Year's to start something new, you've already lost. Um you've lost it's bullshit you don't need a, a a day to come to get started doing something you don't need someone to come and tell you that you need to do something to know you need to do it we we know we know i know i need to stop eating so much damn sugar i keep doing it but i'm not going to blame it on anyone but me right i don't need a new year's resolution to make a resolution and the resolution doesn't mean shit unless I do something about it. There's a lot of people in the business world today that come up with brilliant ideas. Matter of fact, there's people sitting at home or in the car or wherever listening to this podcast that have had brilliant freaking million, multi-million dollar ideas. But if you can't get off your ass and make them into reality, if you can't implement them, if you can't execute them, they're just ideas and everybody has them everybody has them so today's podcast i'm going to try and keep it short and sweet but at the same time we're going to keep this in the grouping of uh motivation mondays monday motivation we're up over 50 i'm happy about that i want to keep pumping these out but i found in prison that the execution of an idea is easy and hard. When I say it's hard, it's hard because you have to have the mental fortitude to push through it. You have to push through the speed bumps, the roadblocks, the barriers, the naysayers, everything, right? And out here in the free world, it's worse. Because there's even more people telling you that it's bullshit or that you're not going to be able to do it or it's not worth it or you need to do something else or whatever push through that and what what is what are we really talking about right we're talking about negativity because if someone's telling you you can't do something they're being negative they're they're trying to douse your flames they're trying to eliminate the fire that is pushing you forward get the hell away from them excuse my language tell them to fuck off you know, who the hell is anyone to tell you what you can and can't do? Now, throwing myself out there, right? I've talked multiple times about how I didn't have that fire and I wasn't getting shit done in prison for years and years and years. And it wasn't until I had seven years under my belt that I really started to buckle down and try to do things better, right? Here's something I haven't talked about a whole lot. When I was about six months Somewhere around there, 12 to 6 months to the house. In other words, 12 to 6 months to my release date. I really started thinking 
Like, what am I going to do when I get out? How am I going to achieve any goals? And what the hell are my goals? So I'm going to go over roughly what those goals were that I set in prison before I got out. And unfortunately, because a lot of our stuff is still in storage, um, I would love to actually share this. And when we get our stuff out of storage, um, probably in the next few months, I will definitely find this and throw it up on YouTube. But I still have the typed out <laughs> uh, plan and budget that I set that I did in prison, right? So the big thing was this. Number one was... Um, getting my license, getting my social security card, um, getting a, a cell phone. And that was more just for having a phone number so people could contact me. Um, I had a place to stay with my parents, so I didn't, I didn't have that as a, as a immediate goal, right? A short-term goal, uh, getting a job and getting a job that paid, um, 15 bucks an hour because I did my whole budget wrapped around 15 bucks an hour and I know you're probably thinking man there's people that can't get a job for 15 bucks an hour today right so back then at the time I was a certified optician contact lens examiner and I could run every machine in an optical lab and I did quality control in an optical lab for a few years so I had the skills that I knew I could get a job somewhere 12 to 15 bucks an hour I sent out my resume and I even got tentative job offers. Of course, you know, I wasn't out, so they were tentative. But then I got out in the recession and so I couldn't get a job. But needless to say, I had a plan wrapped around that. That plan involved everything from my budget it had cell phone bill, it had paying rent, even if I was staying with my parents, I was going to pay them rent. It had uh, putting money into savings, it had putting money into investment, it had putting money aside to, to buy a computer, to get a car, like all this stuff. Like I really planned it out. And the first big steps were, I got to get a license, I got to get, you know, my social security card, which I actually still have my original one from a million years ago, hard to believe, but I still do. Um, you know, and have an ID, have a phone so people can contact me. I had my email set up while I was in prison. So, like, it was all this stuff. But then it came down to executing on this plan. It was a, a good plan. But, like, with a lot of plans, right, stuff happens. So what happened? The job market was crap. So instead of a $15 job, I ended up getting an $8 an hour job, which was a minimum wage in California at the time. But I got hired on through a program, right? I got hired on at Goodwill, you know, through an ex-offender program. And at the time, it was, I want to say, for the first three or six months. I, I, I honestly don't remember. But they, this program paid an extra $2 an hour to help you save money, right? So I made an okay wage. I was making 10 bucks an hour. I worked full time, so at least I had that going on. And then Goodwill actually helped out with like some gift cards for grocery stores and stuff. So I was able to buy food. And what I would buy is like um, cheap stuff to make lunches and stuff with. And that way I didn't have to spend money, you know, like everyone else did going out to eat and everything. And I was really able to save up money. I also signed up for school. Some of my financial aid I put straight in the bank because I didn't need it all. And um, so I used that money later on too. So needless to say, I started going after my goals. Now, what were some of my, my goals like later on? Like, you know, the, the two, three, because I had up to five-year goal. 
I'll start at the end. My five-year goal was that I would have enough money saved up to buy a trailer. And when I say a trailer, I'm talking straight trailer park. I'm talking about a double wide. Like, after talking with people in prison and stuff, I had never even been to a trailer park before prison and stuff. So, people were like, oh, man, you know, housing so expensive in California, blah, blah, blah. You know, but trailers, man, you could, for the price you get a, a one-bedroom little tiny house in the ghetto, you could get a three-, four-bedroom trailer in, in a decent trailer park. So, I really was like, okay. And, you know, I started, you know, doing some research in prison on my little cell phone. And, um, yeah, I mean, it was cheaper. And I was like, man, if I could get, you know, five to ten grand saved up, you know, I could I could get a trailer. And maybe not even in the best trailer park, but I could get a trailer and probably spend under 100000 and have something nice. And then when I pay the whole thing off, I sell it and then I use that money to buy a house. Like, this was my big goal. And my goal was just to be paying on a trailer, right? That was my five-year goal. Wind it back to three years. Three years was to either have moved up at work, you know, own a car. Um, and that's either making payments or flat out own a car. I was lucky. My mother just gave me her car because it was a stick shift and it was a little tiny thing and her knees were shot. So it, it wasn't a good car for her anymore. And so, you know, it's my mom. She gave it to me. So I was lucky I had a car that was paid off. I just had to pay insurance, which was nothing because, you know, I was 36 years old with nothing on my record as far as DMV was concerned. So that made it easy. Right. But like getting a computer, getting into school and all that. The three-year goal was that I would be comfortable enough to own some stuff. And most of the stuff on my three-year, I did within the first 18 months. The five-year goal of just starting into a trailer, well, I bought a house before I was done with five years. Before five years was done, I not only got my bachelor's degree, which technically my plan B was if I couldn't find a job, I would go to school. But I couldn't find a job in the first three months just because I didn't, I was looking for that 15 plus dollar an hour job, right? So I would started going to school. Well, lo and behold, I started school, then I got the job, and I refused to let either one of them go. Here's the thing that negativity, those damn naysayers, my biggest, biggest roadblock was who my loving parents both telling me what I couldn't do because I had failed in their eyes which I did I failed at trying to do this stuff previously whether in prison or before I went to prison I just I couldn't pull it off so I got my bachelor's degree and then I decided while my mind was in the right place I jumped right back in and I got my MBA so Within that five-year time frame, three years, I got off parole. I basically um, had two degrees, right, and uh, had moved up at work, and I owned a bunch of stuff, right, and was in the process of getting into my house, and by the time five years came around, I already owned my house. I um, bought a car financed it and then bought another a new car which I've never done in my life so um just a bunch of stuff right but it's all in the execution and I'll tell you 
people ask me, like, how did you get A's and B's? Uh, I got both my degrees with um, over 3.0s, 3.4 on one, 3.53 on the second one. So it was 3.46, I want to say, for my bachelor's and a 3.53 for my master's. Anyway, um, and I'm, I'm proud of that. Like, I'm happy with B's. That's good. Because um, I was also working full-time and in especially in the master's program I, I was you know at a director level at work so it's not like my workload was light right and it was more mental where when working on my bachelor's I was a driver and some other stuff so at least when I left work I left work I didn't have to think about work anymore but people ask like how did you maintain your grades and, and keep advancing at work and I was like man I, I would work I'd come home I'd kind of decompress for a minute. I'd do my, my homework and do my check-ins because I went to school online. And, and man, I played video games. Like, I had to do things that would disconnect me from everything, right? And that would allow me to come back and focus on whatever it was. And I, I jokingly will say, it's kind of like if you've ever eaten sushi, right? You'll have your little wasabi and your and your soy sauce, your stuff that you're dipping your sushi in. And then you have your ginger because if you're bouncing back and forth, you clean your palate, right? So for me, playing video games or watching a movie or whatever, that was a way to clean the palate of my mind so that I could refocus on the next thing I was going to do or refocus on what I was doing. A lot of times doing homework, writing papers, I'd have to just stop. I'd have to take a break. And... It was a way to just let my mind go totally numb because in a video game, you only care about it while you play it. Once it's over, it's not like you're thinking back about strategies and stuff. Maybe some of you are, not me. I'm like, you know, I had fun. I won. I lost. I did whatever. Big deal. Now it's time to regroup and get back into it. So my big point for y'all is set yourself some goals. doesn't matter. Set one to three, right? And then start. Like, literally, start right now. Like, pick one and start now. Something I stopped doing that I'm about to start back up, because I revisit and you you reread books or you read new books and they bring up old things that you already know and read before, is like having that notepad. And I have a, a, a Samsung Note, right? So I have the little S Pen and I can take digital notes. Something's different from actually writing old school pen and paper, right? So I want to start keeping those notebooks because I get ideas for podcasts and for YouTube videos and Instagram posts and everything, and then I forget about them. So I want to start really writing that stuff down and, you know, revisiting it, you know, even if it's once a week, just going back and picking through it. But I'm telling y'all, come up with plans and I just told you I had a plan A and B. It was work and school because I was scared to do both. The reality is, is if I even knew what my mindset was going to be when I got out, if I knew what, what my endurance was going to be to not dealing with the bullshit and saying no to things, right? Don't get me wrong. Here's the other piece. Going to school and work and how would I do it? You don't think that a million people wanted to hang out with me, hadn't seen me in 12 plus years, and, you know, people wanted to take me out and party and all this stuff, which I did do a lot. I'm not going to lie. I did do that a lot, right? But I always made sure that homework was done, that my work was done, right? Whereas Tito before prison, I would go out and party and, oh, well, if I get around to homework, I would, I do. And if not, I'll just drop out. What's another W on my, on my transcripts? No big deal, right? 
So it's about having that commitment to your goals, right? But 2020 and where we're currently at in 2021, I'm going to I'm going to be blunt with you. You know, picture me staring you down in your eyes and don't you freaking take your eyes off of mine. Stop being a lazy fuck. You've had a year where you've probably been working from home, maybe even laid off. Definitely don't have the opportunities to go out and run around and do a bunch of stuff, which is sad and is depressing. I get it. I feel you. But you also have plenty of time to look at yourself, to look at things that you kept saying you wish you had time to do. Why didn't you do them? Or why didn't you finish doing them? Why'd you start it and you didn't go to step three and four and five, right? Why didn't you push yourself? Why'd you sit there, keep going to the fridge and and finding some other comfort food to make you feel better about your ineffectiveness in executing your goals, right? Like, get off your damn ass. Turn this shit off right now. Go do something that's going to be conducive to what you are here to do. Look, I love, I love you guys. I love the shit out of you. I wouldn't take time out of my little bit of free time that I have to do these podcasts. I don't make any money off of it. If anything, the only thing it does is cost me money. I do this literally for you and for me. It's, it's therapeutic for me, but I'm hoping that my words, my experience, my trials and tribulations can help one freaking person out there become awesome, become what they are supposed to be, who they really are versus what the world tells them they should be. Four trillion to one. You fucking made it out. All the sperm and eggs that were mixing it up, you came out. Four trillion to one. Now get off your ass and do the great things that you were born to do, that you were created to do. I have faith in you. I know you can freaking do it. I love you. Don't care if anyone else does. I'm telling you I do, and I'm begging you to love yourself. Have faith in yourself. Have confidence in yourself. But at the end of the day, you can write down 50 ideas every day, and they can all be blockbuster movies, million-dollar entrepreneurial ideas, cure to cancer. They ain't worth a damn unless you go out and turn them into reality and not just words on a piece of paper. This is Tito, 15 to life. I love you. Go get her done.